Thanks for listening to another life-transforming message from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. Well, good morning, everyone. It is really great to see you all today and uh, an honor to be here. You may be seated. Um, So here's my dissertation. Just kidding. (laughs) Although it could be a multiple-week series, I will get it done today. Um, And before I begin, let me just pray. God, it's a privilege to be here, and I just pray, Holy Spirit, right now, speak through me. Let ears hear your message. Let my words speak it well. Amen. All right. So Jesus people. So one of my favorite Jesus people is Peter. And last summer, uh, Steve asked if I would share a characteristic talk about um, somebody in the Bible who shows a characteristic of God. And I chose Peter then, too. But I chose Peter from the beginning of Peter's walk. So after he meets Jesus, he's walking with him. He's learning from him. He spends three years with him. And, uh, and Peter does a lot of things. We probably know a lot of messages about Peter if you've been to, you know, Sunday school or even in church messages. He's spoken about a lot, actually. Uh, Peter is the guy who walked on water. Peter is the guy who uh, cuts off the guard's ear when Jesus is in the garden and he's about to be arrested. Peter is a character worthy of study. And I shared that part of Peter, and I shared the part of Peter that I loved the most, and that was how trusting Peter was. I love the way Peter trusted in Jesus' word. He calls him out onto the water, and Peter jumps out of the boat. I love the way that Peter trusted in Jesus' correction. Jesus rebuked him. When Peter tried to tell him, no, no, that's not going to happen, Peter, or Jesus rebukes him, and he says, get behind me, Satan. But Peter trusted that correction, and he continues to walk with him. I love that Peter trusted God's purpose. He was called to share the gospel, and he trusted that. He didn't even know what that meant, really, at the time, but he trusted it. And that's where the message ended last summer, and I was like, oh, there's so much more to Peter. So when Jesus' people popped up, I said, I want to do Peter 2.0, the second part of Peter, because you got to know how much Peter grew. That's what's important. So the title of my message is Peter 2.0. 2.0. And the subtitle of my message is Grow Up. And I mean that in the nicest way. I want you to allow God to mature your faith, just like Peter did. So in this message, I will talk to you about growing up and what that means. Here's a breakdown. It means to listen up, Own up, show up, and don't give up. That's what it means. Now, Jerry Seinfeld did this whole stand-up comedy sketch um, about how kids, everything to kids is up, and how everything to adults is down. 
kids are like, can I stay up? Uh, I want to grow up. Uh, hold up, wait up. And adults are like, sit down, slow down, stay down, you know, keep it down. But I'm telling you, it can be up for us too. Yeah, we need to grow up. So no matter how mature your faith already is, it can grow and become more mature. That is the goal, right? To continue growing in your faith. Don't just accept where you are now. You will miss out. In prepping, prepping for this message alone, my faith grew. If you have never dug deep into a study in the Bible, you are missing out because God has so much to reveal to you as you prepare, as you study, as you are willing to listen to him. Ah, let's go ahead to that first point, actually. My first point says, Listen up. Allow God to lead. This is uh, hard sometimes. Sometimes we just need to listen. The verse, Matthew 17, 5 says, This is my son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. This is God talking to Peter, actually. And telling Peter to listen to God, or listen to Jesus. Sometimes we just need to listen. There are so many distractions in this world that keep us from listening. There are lots of things. I mean, I wake up in the morning, and I check my phone real quick, and there's messages, and, oh, I got to respond to that one. And then, oh, well, I need to check that email, or, oh, I think it's somebody's birthday. I need to look on Facebook. And before you know it, the time just ticks away and ticks away and ticks away, and I haven't spent any time with God. I haven't started my day listening to God. I've listened to everything else in the world. I've checked the news. I've checked the weather. I've put all these other things first, and I don't have time to listen to God now. i got to go to work. I got to get things done. I got to get a shower. It's 11 o'clock. I know I'm not alone in that. And just that quick Bible app that, you know, I have my Bible app and I have it give me a notification and it pops up the verse of the day, which is lovely, but that doesn't check the box. Or sometimes we just think it does check the box. Like, well, I listened to God. I read my Bible. I read that little quick verse. I'm done. I'm good. But that is not spending the time to listen to God, right? Listening isn't always easy. I know uh, this is something I'm working on, that I interrupt people. <laughs> when they're talking and I just, I get a thought and I want to give my thought before I forget it because, man, my memory is not what it used to be. So I interrupt and I'm like, oh, no, don't interrupt or I jump ahead to finish their sentence because I know what they're going to get at, so I'll just get there faster. But then I miss out on what they were actually going to say, and you can see it on their face sometimes, like, well, no, that's not what I meant at all. And I know I don't like when that happens to me. I don't like being misrepresented, and I don't want to misrepresent Peter here either. And I know a lot of things that I've heard about him, I'm like, oh, that misrepresents Peter. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. You know, Peter was um, impulsive. We can call him that. Or we could call him confident. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Peter was overzealous. He was bold. We could call him passionate and excited, right? Depends on how you spin it. There's a lot of things that depending on how we spin it, we could see it as positive or negative. As a teacher, when I was in the classroom, I had to write report cards. I hated writing report cards. I felt like I was branding kids with these labels. And so you always try to say things in the most positive way possible to not crush them, but to give their parents an idea of what's really going on with them. So you might say things like, um, your child is very enthusiastic about learning and loves to share their ideas often. Which really means your kid won't sit down and stop talking. (laughs) They interrupt all the time. (laughs) Which, you know, sometimes those weaknesses can become our greatest strengths. I am a perfectionist. I don't love that quality about myself and wish I could let it go. And I've gotten better over the years. But it also works in my favor sometimes, too, because I do pay attention to detail. Sometimes that's a bad thing. Sometimes it works well. God is always working within me. In this verse, uh, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. This is Peter on the mountain with Jesus. He is one of only three disciples who was called up onto the mountain with Jesus. And he gets to see Jesus transformed. He gets to see him talking with Elijah and Moses. And as God, as this is happening, like, I mean, Jesus, Moses, Elijah, Peter's watching. Peter actually says, hey, we should build three shelters. He, he kind of interrupts them. And Uh, jumps ahead with the agenda he has. Like, oh, it would be good if we built three shelters to recognize this amazing moment. And then God, yes, go God, interrupts Peter and says, this is my son. Listen to him. Like Peter literally was trying to interrupt and God interrupts, thankfully. Sometimes there's a good time to interrupt, let me just tell you. And God interrupts and says, listen to him. Peter was running ahead with his own agenda. If we aren't taking time to listen to God to know what he's calling us to, we will run ahead with our own agendas. You need to take that time. You need that time so you can really hear him. Sometimes it's not easy. We don't understand where God's leading us. We don't understand what he wants us to do, or maybe we're just scared to do it. Maybe he's told you what he wants you to do, but it doesn't quite make sense yet. Maybe his plans haven't fully been revealed to you. Or, like, you know what, but you don't really know how. Kind of like Peter. Peter was called to be a fisherman, a fisher of men, I should say. What does that even mean? How do you fish for men? right? He spent three years doing life with Jesus, learning from him, being trained by him, seeing the example of him. And then after Jesus died, he didn't know what to do. So he returns to fishing. 
Now, that's after he denied Jesus three times. He was determined that he would never deny Jesus. Jesus told him, you're going to deny me three times. And he's like, no, I'll never do it. And he did, because Jesus is always right. And he denies Jesus three times. He denies knowing him, I should say. And, uh, and then after Jesus died, and he comes back. But before he ascends into heaven... He reveals himself to the, his self to the disciples many times. Acts tells us he reveals himself like 40 different times um, or over a por- period of 40 days, sorry. And in that time, he appears to Peter. Peter's out fishing. Maybe Peter didn't know what to do, so he went back to fishing. Maybe he didn't feel like he deserved to get to do what God had called him to in the first place because he messed up. So he kind of hid or went back to doing what he was, you know, good at. Maybe he was just not wanting to be idle while he waited for more direction. That's, that's the Peter I want to go with. He was, he was doing something while he waited for God to tell him, for Jesus to come back and, and reveal what that meant. And, uh, and he does. He comes back and he tells Peter, feed my sheep. Sheep. <laughs> no, he had heard Jesus talking about how we are his flock. He knew what that meant. And then Jesus even shows up and he talks to all the disciples and he tells them, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So there's no more doubt what Jesus is wanting them to do. He wants them to share the gospel. He wants them to go and tell others that Jesus is the Messiah that they have been waiting for, that he is the hope that they have. He wants them to go and spread that message. Now they know. And Jesus reinstated Peter when he asked him three times, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Yes, God, I love you. And now he knows Well, sometimes it takes a while for us to hear from God or to understand what he's calling us to. But keep trusting in him. It will be revealed to you when the time is right. You might think the time is right now because you heard God speak to you, but that time might not be right for a little while. And it might not be right until you become mature in your faith. So you got to keep listening. Peter learns to listen, and he... Throughout his life, he speaks about what he's heard, what he saw, what he learned. And years later, when he writes 2 Peter, uh, he writes about being on the mountain with God when he heard God tell him that uh, this is my son. He writes about that. He says, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He heard God saying this. He said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. He gets to share his experience now because even though he was distracted on the mountain with his own agenda, he still heard. And then years later, he's able to share that witness of what he learned, what he heard. So that was like roughly about 33 years after that happened that Peter writes 1 and 2 Peter, roughly. So 
This is not necessarily like you hear it today and you're going to speak it tomorrow. You might hear it today and it's going to grow within you and you're going to speak it in your future. And we don't know when that is. It could be tomorrow. It could be after service today. But listen up. Listen for it. And you don't have to do it alone. He gives you a helper, the Holy Spirit. So point two, own up. Allow God to redeem you. That's the second point. You got to own up. If you want to be redeemed, own up to your past mistakes. Own up to the sin that we have. In Acts 2, 38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your helper. And if you listen, he will help guide you to what you should be doing, to what you should be speaking. To be redeemed is the action of saving or being saved from our sin. The action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment. Jesus is the one who saves us from our sin. His life was given as payment for our sin. He is the one that redeems us. We have to allow it. We have to accept it. And the only way to do that is to own up to it. It's not always easy to own up to our mistakes. We live in a culture that doesn't want to take responsibility for anything that they've done wrong. Right? Politics will show us that. Turn on the news. Schools. My goodness. We aren't allowed to hold kids accountable for their own actions. What are we, what are we doing? We want to blame others. We want to have excuses for everything. And you know what it is? It's pride. We don't want to admit we've done anything wrong. We want a reason behind what we've done or haven't done, because sometimes that's wrong too. It's not always easy admitting we can't do everything on our own either. You know what that is? Pride. It's okay to ask for help. We need help. God has given us a helper. He sent Jesus to walk through this life, to know what it was like to die for our sins. That is the ultimate helper. And then when Jesus ascends back into heaven, he sends the Holy Spirit. He doesn't leave us here alone. We have help. We have to ask for it. We can't buy our way into heaven. We can't earn our way into heaven. Jesus is the way into heaven, and admitting your sins and believing in him is the way into heaven. Peter knew Jesus. He knew he was the Messiah, and he believed. That doesn't mean he never messed up again, though. Peter did mess up again. Paul even calls him out later on in the Bible and tells him, hey, you're being a hypocrite. Because Peter had gone and he had witnessed that the Holy Spirit, that this gift of, of believing wasn't just given to the Jews. It was given to the Samaritans and it was given to Gentiles. Thank God for that because that's what I am. And Paul says, hey, you're being a hypocrite. 
you said it was for everybody, but now you're pulling away from them because you don't want people to judge you by eating with them. How many of us do that sometimes? So, it's okay, though. If you mess up, God still loves you. He's still there for you. He is still redeeming you. Just own it, okay? In Romans 10, 9 through 10, it says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. That's how you do it. And if you've already done this, praise God. That's wonderful. And if you haven't yet, I invite you to, because this is a life worth living. This is the life I want for all of you, to grow in faith, to know that you are loved deeply. Okay. Part of maturing is also not running away when you make those mistakes. I know uh, it's easy to want to hide or like, oh, I'm not worthy. I shouldn't be there until I fix it. You can't fix it. Jesus is the fixer. So get here, right? Yeah, own it. And, you know, I messed up. I'll just keep messing up. What's the difference? Nope. Stop messing up. Own it right away. You know, a real sign of maturing of students uh, and I tell kids this at school a lot, is that showing part of growing up and becoming mature citizens, as I call them, um, of our school, of a community, is owning your own responsibility for your actions. So if you get called out on something, if I call a kid out on something, it's not me saying, oh, I don't like you. It's not me saying that's your future forever. It's me just showing you where you are messing up so you can fix it. And that's it. And a sign of maturing is going, oh, I'm sorry. And moving forward. Now, I know that's not always the way I handle it. But I'm maturing too. I am growing up with you. And uh, those kids, though, who, or adults, who will say, I didn't do that. Or who will say, well... What's it even matter now? I messed up once. I might as well keep going for it. No harm, no foul. Well, yeah, it is. It makes things worse. It makes it harder to get yourself back to the right place. So own it right away and move on. Because God will redeem you. He will forgive you because he loves you. All right. And show up. Allow God to transform you. Romans 12.2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Allow God to transform you. Transformation in the biblical definition would be to change or a renewal from a life that no longer conforms to the ways of this world, but to one that pleases God. The world is going to tell you to do all these things. And like Jen talked about last week, sometimes we crucify the truth for our own immediate needs or desires 
the ones that the world is telling us we need. And we step out of that lane of blessing, and we don't get to receive what Jesus has for us. Man, I've thought about that so many times this week, Jen. Thank you for that message. It was very good. So you want to be renewed? You want to be changed? You've got to fight that pull into our own selfish flesh desires and stay in that lane of blessing. How do you stay in that lane of blessing? You show up. You need to show up. You need to listen to what God says. The world will give you a million excuses not to. Growing up in the church, I, um, I went to this Baptist church in Michigan as a kid, and we would always have these people from the South come and sing songs with their banjos. And, and we had another gal in our church for a while, and she knew one of the songs that I, I sung because she was... Um, from the South, too. And we would sing this wonderful, silly little song called Excuses. And it goes, excuses, I'm not singing it, but excuses, excuses, you hear them every day. The devil, he'll supply them. If church, you'll stay away. When people come to know the Lord, the devil always loses. So to keep those folks away from church, he offers them excuses. In the summer, it's too hot. In the winter, it's too cold. In the springtime, when the weather's just right, you find somewhere else to go. Up to the river, down to the mountain, vice versa, sorry. <laughs> but the idea is, there's always a reason not to be here. But I will tell you what, there is 10 times more reasons to be here. Okay? And if you don't feel like being here, then that's exactly where you need to be. You don't want to go to church, then get your butt to church. Yeah. Sorry? <laughs> Not sorry. You will experience the Holy Spirit in this place. Now, if you're online because you're sick, we understand. You're on vacation. We get that. But that is not a replacement online, watching your own YouTube sermons for this. This is community. This is where the Holy Spirit has been invited in. And this place is intentional for you, for your growth, for our connection to feeling and hearing directly from God. Now, you might be able to fight for that other places, but we are fighting for it together here. So get here. Show up in your word, in the word, in the Bible. Read your Bible. Show up in the right crowds. Surround yourself with people who will support you, who will hold you accountable, who will pray for you. If you are in the wrong crowds and you are not strong enough to stay in the lane of blessing, get out of those crowds. Now, if you are strengthened because of your relationship, your maturity in Christ, who he's called you to, and you want to step over into those other crowds to be an influence, to bring them with you, that's one thing. But if you are not strong enough to stand against what the world is saying, then you need to get into places that believe in what God is saying. You need to be with people who believe in what God is saying. Show up when you don't feel like it. Show up when everything is great. Just show up. Okay? I am not the same person that I used to be when I first believed in God. God is transforming me. 
I love that. These past few years especially, I feel like, man, the Holy Spirit has revealed so much more to me. And you know why? Because I've been listening more than I ever have. When the world went crazy with the pandemic, I turned to the Bible. I read the words and read. I looked for Jesus. What did he say? His word is what matters more than anything I'm seeing or reading or hearing on the news or from my friends or on Facebook. What is Jesus saying? Because that is what matters the most. And that is when I heard from God more than any other time consistently because I showed up every day. It was pretty easy. I didn't have a job to go to. Got to sit at home all all the time. It was great. So I had time. But man, what a good pattern. What a good habit that created because I heard from God so many times. Every time I opened the Bible just to hear, God, what do you have for me today? Verses that I had read a million times at other times had new meaning. I was understanding them and looking for them just to hear from God, not to fulfill my own need of like, oh no, I'm having a hard day. I got to find all the verses about having a hard day. Because that, that's how I used to do it. Like, oh, man, I am really struggling with this one thing. What does God have to do? I'll find all the things that I need. And in this case, it was, God, what do you have for me? What is it that you want to teach me? And just letting God speak. It's amazing. Those transformations aren't necessarily uh, huge outward transformations. I know some people think that their testimony isn't as important as somebody else who went from like, you know, the, um, they used to drive a Prius and now they got a monster truck. Like that's a big transformation. You know, you used to live this life and now you live this life and it's so different. And we think that that big difference are the only testimonies that really truly matter. But you know what? God cares about all of our transformations. He cares about all of your testimonies, no matter how outwardly big they may be. Corey, thankfully, my husband, knows how to do a lot of stuff. And uh, this weekend, he actually changed the battery in my car. He changed the air filters in my car. Now, outwardly, you can't see that anything was done. But it makes my car run better. That is transformation. That's happening inside. You don't see it, but it's real. It makes that car function better. It makes that car drive better, right? It keeps it going. So don't just be happy with where you are right now. Like, oh, I'm good. No, why would you settle for good? You could be great. If you're great, you could be amazing. If you're amazing, you could be spectacular. We could go on, but you get the idea. There is always something we can tweak always something we can adjust or work on. Always. And that doesn't mean you're dissatisfied. Oh, you're never satisfied. No. You know that God has more. More blessing, more in your life, more for you. Oh, I was hoping this wouldn't happen today. It happens at school sometimes and all the kids look at you like, are you okay? Because I start to get a little choked up. And then my eyes water. It's kind of nice, actually, because then they all feel so sad for you and they listen better. (laughs) Works out well. All right. So 
The real transformation that we see in Peter comes once he receives the Holy Spirit. It is incredible, actually. We have this Peter that walked with Jesus for three years, who was all the things that I talked about before, you know, excited, um, passionate, um, maybe irresponsible, I don't know, (laughs) whatever the words were. But we see him preach what is called the Pentecostal Sermon. And he speaks with the authority given to him. He speaks, and his words imitate Jesus. His words are powerful. They're strong. They, um, the people think that he's drunk, actually, or not he's drunk. They think that all the people who have just received the Holy Spirit are drunk. Can I get a tissue? <laughs> it goes on. Um, and, uh, he says, no, we are not drunk. And he, he addresses the crowd and he speaks against it. If you've not read that, I highly recommend that you read through Acts. Thank you. And you will hear and see the big transformation in Peter. Peter, um, actually through the Holy Spirit, ends up healing a man who can't walk. And then he gets arrested. And the leaders and the elders, they bring him in front of them and they ask him about what he's done. And in direct contrast to when he denied knowing Jesus three times, just like by anybody, you know, weren't you the guy that knew Jesus? No, I don't know him. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who that is. He's not that Peter anymore. He is transformed. He stands before the elders and the leaders, and he lets them know. <laughs> I, I absolutely love this. They ask him, by what power or name do you do this? And Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit, and he answers. He says, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of, of Nazareth. Now, he could have just stopped there, but he digs it in a little bit, and he says, whom you crucified. Mm-hmm. but whom God raised from the dead. That is the new Peter. Yeah. And they say, it's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you, or sorry, that was him. Um, when they saw his courage, they realized that they, these men, Peter, one of them, were unschooled, ordinary men. And they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. You want to be transformed? Spend time with Jesus. Spend time in the Word of God. He has so much to teach you. And in my final point, don't give up. Allow God to be your hope. The verse is John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Jesus is telling us, take heart. I have overcome the world. He's gone through it all, you guys. 
if you read through the Gospels, you will realize that the things we are experiencing now aren't new. Nothing new under the sun. He has gone through it all. He has experienced people trying to pull him out of the lane of blessing. He has experienced um, being, what is that, uh, canceled? You know, like he's experienced it all. There's nothing new. So don't give up. Allow him to have your heart, okay? Know the word of the Lord so that you may know that he's for you and he's not against you. Be in the word. All right. So to wrap it all up, we all need to grow up. We need to listen up. We need to own up. We need to show up and we need to not give up. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com.